Kissin' 92.3 was just minutes away from the Jackson's Country Stop. Live from the Ford Idaho Center, here's Rick Daniels. All right, it is the fifth annual Jackson's Country Stop, and in the RV, we've got Kip Moore. <laughs> Welcome, Kip. How you doing, brother? Good to be here. Good to be here. Man, we're just sitting here chatting away, and all yeah. of a sudden, Rick's like, no, we're on. It's yeah, like, let's, okay. let's, let's get this thing done. So yeah, I was just talking about how much I love this part of the country, yeah. how much I love Boise. Like, I, I, I was talking about it about a month ago about you know wanting to possibly get a piece of land out here and just oh. be like a, a place where I stay a lot you know it was and we were just talking about the fact that uh, you know I had no intention on taking the job here until I got up to Idaho and I fell in love with it by the end of the weekend I had accepted the job that's how fast it'll suck you in brother yeah it's amazing well and you were just saying you were in uh, Sun Valley not that long ago I was um, I, I had a buddy out there that, that invited me out I hung out for a while with him and his wife and yeah, I just I just love this part of the country, and and the older I get, I'm more drawn to the mountains. You know, I've I've, oh, I've been yeah. surfing for a long time, and every time I get time off, I always go surfing, and I always thought I was going to end up on the coast, but the older I get, I'm just like it's all uh-huh. about the mountains. Amazing how that works, isn't it? Yeah, it's I it's know. a funny thing. Well, now when uh when we talked when we initially announced the show here, which was a, a few months back yeah. now, uh, you about a week later started a whole European tour and yeah. Canada and all around. How did that go, man? It's been amazing. Um, I, I believe we we did, I don't know, around around thirty shows, and maybe only two of them weren't sold out. I mean, it was it was nuts. Um, we we've we've had something crazy happening internationally for the last couple of years, and uh, we did Australia, we did Europe, and and like seventeen, eighteen shows in Canada. So now, did you know before you went into it the popularity that you yeah, had? Yeah, like like uh, like you know, Slow Heart went number one for a bit over there in uh, Australia. We you know we popped over in Canada and Europe and. And uh, there's a lot of the stuff that's been getting played on rock radio over in Europe, like uh, Plead the Fifth and this song, and Bittersweet. Yeah. And, um, so it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, um, we, we, we started going over there for festivals probably three years ago, and we could, we could tell from the amount of physical copies that were being sold at the festival that something crazy was happening. That people were digging it. Yeah, it was just something that they were, and it's an interesting thing. You, you wonder, you know, the promoter comes up, and it's a big festival with all these people, and they're like, something crazy is happening tonight with your cds you know so you wonder what it is about overseas like why they're gravitating towards wild ones and slow heart and i mean it's 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 interesting thing well now for slow heart and being the amazing album it is and i've been a fan from the starting been a fan of you as a human being and as an artist um but there was a time in in between there not that long ago that you had a very introspective time and how much do you think that part has to do with what you're doing now i think that uh, I've never wanted to stay in one spot, not only as a human, but especially as an artist. Um, yeah. I've always wanted to grow, the music to grow, uh, lyrically, melodically, uh, artistically, all that stuff. Right. You know? So when you're coming off the heels of a successful record that was as big as Up All Night was, mm-hmm. um, it's a hard thing to follow. And then everybody's oh. expecting, you know, and I understand it. All of a sudden, you know, you've made the team a lot of money so everybody's expecting the next record to be that so with me stretching and going you know and and doing a very different thing but still me to the core and wild ones um it wasn't as commercially successful but now that i've had time to see what that record's done for the fan base yeah it's tripled my fan base in size so it's a it's a crazy thing to see how successful that record has actually been but in the midst of it it was a struggle for me internally because i wasn't seeing 
the same commercial success. Well, and that that was the question I was going to have. That doubt that might have happened at that yeah. time before realizing, you know, really what an impact and what a, a stellar album it was as far as fan base yeah. and what the fans felt and how that grew yeah. that. But how that did to you psychologically oh, until you realized you know, that. You know, I don't. It, it's interesting because you know I don't have a, probably a whole lot of time to touch on this, but I don't feel like I ever faced any sort of depressive thoughts until music became my full-time occupation yeah for the longest time i was just chasing it chasing it and, and working our jobs and and then once i was actually thrust onto the road and that became the thing and now all of a sudden you're writing records for you know you're you have to write the songs the band's counting on you, your team's counting on your labels counting on you and there's so much judgment from radio from the label right. from everyone and then you you have a lot of self-doubt things that happen yeah. and it's it plays a weird trick on your mind yeah mm -hmm. I, I actually made an entire record after up all night that got shelved that nobody's ever heard huh. um it kind of took the label by such a surprise and they didn't feel like it was gonna you know probably work at radio so then that's yeah. when i did wild one so and that's a hard thing to swallow when you put something you put so much of yourself into something, so then you start dealing with all those things of maybe I've, I've I forgot. I mean, I don't know how to do this. Anymore. I want to hear that one. You know, I still do. I, honestly, it's it's yeah. some of the, my favorite stuff I've ever done. Yeah, yeah, no, I would love to hear that stuff yeah. right there because I, I've loved everything you've done and been such a fan. And I'll tell you, you've got a huge fan base here because we have had four great years of Jackson's Country Stomp over these years. We've had Thomas Rhett and Tyler Farban, yeah. Perry, all these great artists over the years. And this year, we were up 40% in ticket sales. Yeah. So to tell you anything, hey, you're thank you. You, can, you have <laughs> I did that a fan Anna. base. I did that for Anna. I'm <laughs> Anna over there. I just like to give it, yeah. You've got a fan base in Idaho uh, that is crazy, that. brother. You. I got a question for you. Well, sort of. The first time I heard the hook of More Girls Like You, like, you hear a song one time, you know, that's going to be a smash hit. Yeah. Tell us more about that song. Like, how, what inspired it? How did you come up well, with it? Well, I think it's just, you know, it's just me evolving into a different person. Um, I've always kind of had the door shut on even the thought of that. I heard y'all in here talking with Aaron. Y'all were talking about, you know, marriage and yeah. wives and kids. Right. And I've always been like, uh, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want any part of it. But as I do get older... Um, I was actually watching a dad when that song all came about. I was in Costa Rica surfing, and I was watching a dad try to teach his girl how to surf. And uh, I was watching him have a blast, but he was kind of teaching her all wrong. So I kind of paddled over and kind of helped her for a while. And and then after an hour, she was really getting the hang of it. And the, the smile yeah. on her face, she was having the best time ever. Yeah. Um, she was probably eight years old, eight, nine years old. And um, it just kind of made me think about, you know, I, I'm not trying to make it happen right now, but where the door used to be shut now i'm like you know yeah, there's I, at I least would, a crack in the i would enjoy know. that that side yeah. of life you yeah. know i'm not i'm not going to force it to happen but but i'm not i'm not against it anymore. when it when it happens it'll be the greatest thing that ever happened yeah, to or you. the worst thing ever <laughs> well both depending yeah. on the day <laughs> when you have daughters it is fun to watch them come into their own at, at that age it yeah. is yeah. it's totally different than anything else you've yeah. ever experienced so yeah Okay. Well, Kip, thank you for being here, brother. And we can hardly wait to see you on stage for you the bet, fifth man. annual Jackson's yeah. Country Summit. All right, friend. man. All right, it's Kissin' 92.3.